0: We're going back into our same message that we were speaking on last week, talking about faith over fear. You know, it's it's really unusual. We're, we're all having such unusual situations now. Just like being in this empty auditorium is such a different situation with me. I'm used to being here with people joining with me, saying amen, praise God. So I need your help back at home maybe. Uh, may, it may help for you to just amen me back there. So but uh but what i'm doing I, I i walk in here and i try to visualize by faith your faces Uh, Because I know we're all linked together. It's important to know that they're all still linked together. And the church is still the church and we're still having church because we're coming together every way that we can, whether it's in these online services or whether it's on the telephone or whether it's in prayer. We're, We're coming together everywhere that we can. And so so it's really important that we, we're keeping the Lord's command. The Bible said, forsake not assembling yourselves together. So that's exactly what we're attempting to do. In every way possible for us to still be the church and come together. Because supernatural things happen when we're together that don't happen at other times. There's supernatural strength. So I'm expecting right there in this online service, I'm I'm expecting for you to receive something. That you're not watching a television program. You're not watching a television show. We're Victory Church, and we're joining together. And as we do, that you're going to receive supernatural strength. You're going to receive supernatural anointings. You're going to see things through a different way, simply because we're the church coming together. We're the body of Christ, and and God is uh, putting us together as members, even though it's online and even though it's in different houses. In Jesus, we're still together, what I'm trying to say. And so I visualize you here. And that helps me because I believe that's what the Bible says. We're still one. And so as I visualize you there, it's, it's just like in many ways with me, it, we're together. And we're in the same room. Are we in your living room together? Are we in your car together or wherever we are? I just want you to know I, I love being your pastor And I sense the anointing right now that even I felt as standing in front of you for week after week. For some of you, we've been together almost 40 years. And so there is that anointing that I'm asking God to give you in a special way today. And we're talking about this faith over fear. And it's it's such an important topic now. I I keep trying to look to other things, but God just keeps speaking in my spirit that thou shall not fear. And so as an obedient pastor, your shepherd, I I want to get that same heart in you to where, yeah, things are really tough and things may get tougher. But our confidence is in God and the Lord is going to bring us through. In the Bible, we're going back into a scripture that we used last week, Luke chapter 8, verse 23, it says, talking about Jesus on the boat with his disciples in the midst of the storm, it said they were in real danger. I want you to know that what we're facing Israel. Now we may have not experienced it here in Arkansas, although it is beginning to be experienced in Arkansas. We may not be experiencing it like they are in other parts of the country. But all that seem like the major leaders are telling us that we can't expect things to get worse. But I just want to take a brief moment by thanking the Lord the way he has taken care of our city and the way he's taken care of our county. I believe that God has given us some wonderful county leaders and some wonderful city leaders. And I believe that God is blessing us. I believe the prayers that's went on throughout this city for the past many years, it's almost built a resistance to this virus and it's holding a resistance, it's holding it off for for us and I'm so thankful and I want to thank God that what the Lord is doing in your family, taking care of your family. And taking care of our spiritual family. But it is, as the word of God says here, they were in real danger. You know, they're talking about the president is so I believe leading us and trying to let us know and keep us informed on that daily t- opportunity, and I'm so thankful that he is, but what he's saying now is 100,000 deaths possible, up to 250,000, and I want you to know that is a major world war. That is real serious, and I want you to know we may be enjoying this morning, but there are families in our country that are devastated, that their worlds, as far as they know it, has completely changed. So we are in a place of real danger. So what is our job? The first one is that we gotta stay prayerful. I just want to encourage you that I covered that last week. I just want to rehearse it just for a quick moment. You gotta stay prayerful. You can't just listen to things and get scared about things. If you want faith to be over fear, you've got to hear about things and you've got to pray about them, because it's receiving information from a different source. When we watch the news, we're receiving from a natural source. But I want you to know, when you pray, you're connected with a spiritual source that has a spiritual eyesight, and we're able to even see it differently. So I want to encourage you to stay prayerful. But not only do I want you to stay prayerful, I want you to stay wise, man, (laughs) It it is wisdom, and the Bible calls it wisdom. We call it possibly natural fear, but the Bible says it's wisdom to follow the the leadership of your leaders. And man, it's, it's just wisdom now to use soap, and it's just wisdom to separate yourself from people, and it's just wisdom not to be in gatherings. And so I want you to stay wise. I don't want you. I want when this is over, I want you to remain standing. I want you to be found standing. I want your family to remain and a lot of that is dependent upon being us being obedient to god's word and staying wise so use soap use whatever you need to but stay wise and then i want to encourage you in the third area and that's the stay kind stay gentle do not allow the fear to press you into a mold that god has never created you to walk in do not allow it to bring you into a mode of panic, of frustration, of desperation. Because I tell you the truth, the only thing that we're desperate for is God. And can't you, can't you hear that little whisper in your heart that keeps telling you it's going to be all right? It's going to be okay? That I've got this, that God's going to take care of us in this? See, there's some things that God delivers us out of, then there's something God delivers them, us through it but it's still God and still his deliverance. So I want you to continue to hear that and I want you to stay kind. I want you to stay in ministry. I believe that's the important issue now. Uh, Make sure that you have that purpose and that purpose remains in you. That you keep purposeful living having a purpose. Maybe your purpose can just simply be to get up out of that bed in the morning and pray and seek God and then the Lord put a scripture on your heart and you you spend the afternoon calling 10 friends and sharing that scripture. Man, be a message of hope. (laughs) Ministry is the greatest way that God can use you now. Man, the world is desperate. They're afraid. I want you to know they are afraid. You're not afraid. (laughs) You may feel afraid, but you're not afraid. The world is afraid. They don't understand what's happening. We understand. The Bible tells us that when we see these things come to pass, we're to look up because our redemption is drawing. It's a sign that things are getting closer to the coming of the Lord. So stay in ministry, and people need to hear that. Use your Facebook stay, uh, page not only to say hello to people, but use it as gestures of ministry. Uh, give it a personal word. And I know we got so much coming nationally, but uh, I want you to use the national things that's coming to you. But, but use what you're hearing in your heart. You know, I just think it'd be good for everybody to go on their Facebook every day and just relate what they feel in their heart that's based on faith. Man, don't be a part of the fear crowd, but be a part of the faith crowd. We're the part that believes because as I have faith, it's going to release God. If I allow fear, it's going to release the work of the enemy. So it's just so important that we continue to relate things and keep ministry as our focus. Would you just say that inside yourself? Right there in your home or in your car, I not you say, I'm going to cause ministry to be my focus. I'm not going to have to be wondering what to do. I'm going to be looking at what to do. I'm going to be looking for places of ministry, a place that I can be an encouragement. I can give a source, be a source of strength that I can help somebody. We got to stay united. It's so important. Do not let the enemy drag you apart. Don't let it drag you apart from our city. This is the time not to talk about bad things. This is the time to join together, to be united. Don't let it pull you apart from this nation. Don't let it pull you apart from this state. And certainly don't let it pull you apart from your church. I mean, the devil has a way, you know, that that whatever, you can be isolated, and the devil has a way of still making you angry at people that you should be loving, even in the midst of anger. It's almost like the the person that was on the island, and and when he was rescued, there were there were three huts on that island and, and they asked what was the three huts for. They said one's my house and one's my church and they said what's the other hut for and they said that's the church I used to go to and I just want to tell you, man, do not be disconnected. Stay united. Stay united as a gather. Whatever the city's asking us to do, let's do it with all of our heart. Whatever the state asks us to do, let's do it with all of our heart and whatever the church is helping us to do. Let's do it with all of our heart. Let's stay united. The next thing is, number five, is stay connected. You cannot allow the enemy to disconnect you. You have social media. You have internet. You have phones. You have way FaceTime. I mean, it's almost unlimited. God loves us so much. He did not allow us to face this time the word that we would have to be disconnected. Stay connected. There's, there are certain people that you need to stay connected to. One is that you need to stay connected with somebody that's stronger than you and the Lord. Connect with them every day. Have a person that you just ring their phone off the wall, so to speak, to connect with them, to hear what God's telling them. You need to stay connected with somebody that's stronger than you. And then the next group you need to stay connected with is somebody that's like you. Because in that fellowship, that, that you can join together and you can, you can help each other. There, there's a sense of camaraderie that God wants to develop in this connection. So I really want to encourage you to stay connected with those that are like you. And then the third group is stay connected with those that need you, that need you. It's just real important to know there's a group out there that needs you, that needs your word, that needs your encouragement, that needs the word. There are those that I'm going to talk with almost on a daily basis that need me. They need me in their life. And it's important for me, number one, to be needed. But it's important, number two, that they have that person in their life. So stay connected. Do not allow the enemy to drive you apart. In fact, It says in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 said, this is not a time to pull away and to neglect meeting together. This is not a time to pull away because it said, because we need each other. That's what that verse says, because we need each other. We really desperately do. And then number six, stay loving. Uh, usually the very thing that the enemy tries to drive away from us is uh, now love is a deeper sense it's a deeper emotion it's a deeper feeling it's a deeper commitment than kindness there are those that God has called you to love and it's real important that you stay loving this is the season to forgive those that do you wrong and they may say it wrong you, you, may, you may find that on Facebook they've talked about you but immediately forgive this is not a time to hold grudges It's too important. See, the enemy knows that love is the thing that will never fail. There are things in your life that's going to fail. In fact, the Bible says the only thing that won't fail is love. And so the thing that you must keep going in your life is you've got to keep those that you love. You've got must make sure that you keep loving them. Do not allow unforgiveness to enter in. Do not allow anger to take control. Do not allow those things. Continue to love. And then number seven, we got to stay confident. If I'm going to win out over this fear thing, if I'm going to keep faith, if I'm going to keep doing the things that build faith, and I'm going to keep starving the things that build fear, You know, we say we got two dogs inside of us and one dog is that dog of faith and that other dog is that dog of fear. And we say, how am I going to keep the fear from being too strong? You quit feeding it because it's it's the dog that you feed that's going to thrive. So I want to really encourage you to feed your faith and to starve your fear. And that even means a certain maybe news programs you can't watch, and there's certain that you can, or maybe a certain people that you can't talk to on a regular basis because they bring too much dread and fear inside you. Maybe it's come to a place where you should be ministering to them, you should be strong enough to minister to them, but now it's they're beginning to drag you down. But You've got to begin to starve that one. You've got to begin to starve that fear and, and begin to feed that faith in you. I tell you, I don't see how a person now can make it through a day without listening to a podcast or a ministry somewhere. There's so much available on social media. There's so much available on your internet. So there's no reason for you to just live off of what you're getting. Man, you can live off what everybody's getting from the Lord and be a real sense of encouragement into you. So I'm going to say stay confident. We must live a life that we can stay confident. There's three different kinds of fear I want to mention to you this morning, if I could. The first one is natural fear. And that's what the Bible calls wisdom. And that's where we live reasonable lives. I mean, I know that if I I jump off of a height that there's going to be a crash. I mean, that's a reasonable fear. That's a law that God has established in this world. And so it's just real important to know that that natural fear is not what I'm concerned about because God, God still wants me to operate and be wise and God still wants me to operate in the area of wisdom. And I can know I'm operating in areas of wisdom, number one, by me following the direction of God, number two, by following the direction of my le- leaders, whether civil or spiritual leaders, and number three, where I'm following the direction that I know to do, the wisdom in me is teaching to do. But there's also an emotional fear. Now that that emotional fear is the one that we have to guard from, I, I, I can't, I cannot be confident if I'm going to give way to this emotional fear in my life, uh, because the emotional fear is is simply is irrational feelings that are based upon irrational thoughts. Uh, you you don't have to own every thought that you have. You don't have to allow that thought to own you. We've got to recognize the way the enemy fights all of us, he fights all of us in our thought life. That's why the Bible says, if I'm going to be transformed, if I'm going to be like Jesus, I'm going to have to begin to think like Jesus. And therefore, if I'm going to begin to think like Jesus, I'm going to have to make a decision not to think like the devil. And in many cases, I'm not going to have to think like me. I want to think higher than me. I want to think like Jesus so I want Jesus to help me to know how to think. And the Bible tells, that, tells us in direction, anything pure, anything of good report. Bible tells us what to set our mind on. It's impossible for you to think two things at the same time. So you cannot think thoughts of fear and thoughts of faith at the same time. So make a choice. Choose. Choose what you're going to put your mind on. Because as long as you think bad thoughts, you're going to feel that irrational fear. As long as you allow fearful thoughts, you're going to feel that irrational fear. In fact, fear, that type of feeling of fear, God never wants to guide us. Some people think, well, if I don't fear, then things won't work out. That's exactly, God is not the author of fear. So God never uses fear to guide you or teach you things. You got to know that. So if what you're feeling is that irrational fear inside you, Man, you know, I've I've got so many examples of that in my life because I kind of, I was raised up in a wonderful family, but I was raised up in a family that taught us well how to fear. We were afraid of a lot of things, and my biggest fear was I was afraid of ghosts, and it, it literally made me afraid of churches, made me afraid of cemeteries, and as, as a child, it made me afraid of the dark, and, and then all of a sudden, I... Became older, And those same irrational fears were inside me because I had not dealt with those thoughts in me. And so I was married and had a child and in, in Bible school, in fact. And so I had a night job and I'd get in probably like two or three or four o'clock in the morning. As I would come home, I would have to park quite a ways from where I lived. I would have to park in a parking lot of a, a building establishment. And then I'd have to walk down a little lane, a little dark lane, to finally get to my house. And and besides all of that, I had to walk right by what was a funeral home to get to my house. And so what I began to notice is that night after night, there would be this chain that would follow me. I mean, as I would walk down that little length of space and that little... Narrow place, that lane I had to walk through, I would hear this chain falling. And I'll tell you what, because I had never changed my thinking, I thought I just got old and I could handle it. All of a sudden that in me, I began to feel that same fear. I began to dread that trip every night. And I began to be so fearful of it and surely I didn't want anybody to know it. But I, that irrational fear took such a hold in my life as an adult. Well, it, irrational, completely rational. because finally I, I prayed over it much. I said, God, whatever this is that's following me, that's dragging this chain behind me. And the Lord finally showed me what, what it was. At that building that I was parking at in that parking lot had a flagpole, and on that flagpole it had a chain that was hanging and because it was usually at a place of windy at night, it would, it would simply, it would cause that chain to crash against that metal pole. And because I was in that little lane in the midst of the wee morning hours, it would always sound like it was right with me. And so you know what? Immediately, the change in my thinking removed that fear. So if you're going to change your fear, you're going to have to change your thinking. You're going to have to begin to relate even to this season that we said it is serious, but you're going to have to begin to confess inside your heart, God's going to take care of me. God's going to help me. God's going to see me through this. I don't have to worry about this. God's going to take care of me. I've got to be wise. I've got to be prayerful. I've got to help people. I've got to minister to people. I've got to obey my authorities. But God's going to take care of me. God's going to bring me through this. And then the third fear is demonic fear. That's where the Bible says, "For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of sound mind." That's what I said in Second Timothy chapter one verse seven. For God did not give you the spirit of fear. I found out if I allow that emotional fear to in me to stay in me, it won't be long until there will be a force that would begin to move into my life that will empower that fear even more. You don't have to be afraid. We can trust God. Well, this emotional fear, is easier to pull down when it's just thoughts and you can change your thinking. But once it moves into this spirit of fear, it's harder. But you can still win it. For God didn't give it to us. He gave us the spirit of love and power and with sound mind. This is a real unrestful moment. It's a storm moment, but we can trust God. In fact, I, I'm going to John, just close this little section. I, I want you to see an encouragement from a young lady that began to encourage her family. Hey mama, you know when um, the people at the church, not the church, but at the hospital were singing, I bet you that Jesus like, his heart was bursting. Oh I'm sure. And the devil has no control anymore. You no control. Moving in Is doing. Oh, I pray that God has this all like planned out, and He knows exactly what He's doing. I told you earlier that you have a purpose and your purpose can be maybe just standing in your family encouraging them when they want to give way to fear and panic I don't care how young you are you can still be a source of healing and strength and power in your family maybe God wants some of you to do that on your job you that are still working Maybe you're going to work every night or every day and people are in such panic. They're so fearful. They're not only fearful of their own lives, they're fearful of their older grandmother, or older mother, or older dad, or, or fearful of others that they know. But I want you to know you can bring rest to that. You can speak the Word of God into that life. I just believe it's so important at this season that you develop your own little booklet, a three-ring binder so to speak, a book of or some way of promises that God's giving you. And really that you give yourself to the word enough to where God begins to give you promises. They're not hard to find. In fact, you can just go to the book of Psalms and start at Psalms 1 <laughs> and you won't read hardly a chapter. Until you find a promise that God gives you, that God promises you, and then you can begin to relate them. I I love, here's Psalms 112, it says, they are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. Do you know that's what God wants us to trust in? Even when the enemy is trying to tell you that you're weak and you're too fearful, The Bible says that God sees you as confident and fearless because He sees His strength that is available for you. It's the grace of God that can take a fearful person and make them into a fearless person. In Isaiah it says, Say to those with fearful hearts. And a lot of times we need to say that to ourselves. It says, Be strong and do not fear. That's that's what we need. That's the promise of God. If I can begin to say that, I'll be strong, Lord, and I will not fear For our God is coming to destroy our enemies. He's coming to save us. In Psalms 46, it says, God is our refuge and our strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when the earthquakes and the mountains crumble into the sea. Wow, powerful promises. Let me conclude this message, if I may. Number eight is stay thankful. You've got to allow Thanksgiving to remain. You've got to become, you've got to allow you to be known as a praiser and not a complainer. Be thankful. Thanksgiving it releases several things. What it does, one thing it releases God into my situation. If I will be thankful, then it will release God up on my situation. And the third thing, it will release God through my situation. That's what Thanksgiving has the power to do. If I will learn to rejoice and be thankful, and not only with other people, with myself, when I'm alone sitting in that chair, it's just so important that I am thankful. And number nine is is to stay listening. Now, I want to show you a picture that's one of my favorite pictures in, in all the world. And this this picture, it's a graphic picture of Jesus standing behind who I refer to as me in the storms of life. And I want you to know that God has guidance for this storm. And you've got to constantly rely on that. If you want your faith to be over your fear, you've got to realize, I can trust God. He's got my back but not only does he have my back his hand is upon me and he's directing me through this storm I said earlier some storms God delivers you from some storms God delivers you through this picture depicts God delivering you through that storm but if Jesus is on your boat I want you to know you don't have to fear and you don't have to worry in fact, those whispers that God gives us in accordance with this word. The Bible says in the book of Job that God uses those whispers to warn me. And God uses those whispers, the Bible says, to keep me from death. God's voice inside your life. In fact, the Bible says that his sheep know his voice and his sheep hear his voice. Though no matter you may convince yourself that you can't hear God, I want to tell you, you can hear God. And you can find direction in your storm as you hear God. It's Proverbs chapter 6, verse 22. It says, Their wisdom will guide you, talking about the Word, wherever you go, and will keep you from bringing harm to yourself. Their instruction, talking about the Word of God, their instruction will whisper to you at every sunrise and direct you through A brand new day. God's whispers can do that. We're going to close with prayer, could we? I'm going to pray for you that your faith stays strong. You have a job this season. Somebody says, I'm out of work, Pastor. You've got a job this season. And your job is for you to remain strong. And to make sure that your faith is always, always conquering your fear. Because only if your faith conquers your fear can eventually your faith conquer someone else's fear. And if things do get the way that they say they may get, it's going to be important that you're able to stand up in your family with a word of hope and with a strength and a subtleness to guide them during this season you cannot give way and the guidance may come out of that little girl that's six years old or the guidance should be coming out of that father that's several years old or that mom so I want to really encourage you hear God stand on his promises learn to fight off the wrong thoughts and learn to only accept the God kind of thoughts. Learn to overcome your fear so you can help your family, your street, your community, your church overcome their fears. Lord, I pray right now. Lord, I intercede and pray for those that are facing unreasonable fears, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you would bring healing into their minds, Lord, And Lord, you would give them strength to fight against the wrong thinking. And Lord, you would give them the strength to put on the right thoughts, the way that you have told us to think, Lord. And by doing that, Lord, they will conquer those fears. Lord, you face fear for us in the garden, you face fear over your own life. But because you didn't give way to that fear, Because, Lord Jesus, you taught us how to resist the thoughts of the enemy, as you did in the wilderness. And you taught us how to rely on your word, the strength of your word, the promise of your word. Then you was able to say, peace be unto you. Lord, we want to disperse peace. So we ask you to help each one of us overcome fears. Now, Lord, I pray especially for that one that doesn't know that they're right with you. Let me say, this is not a season to know or to not know that you're right with God. Man, we're in the last days. Things are coming down. Things are changing. Do you hear me? It's time to stop playing and it's time to start living as God wants you to live. I mean, if you're ever going to do what God wants you to do, you're going to have to do it now. (laughs) We're not promised tomorrow. So if I'm ever going to trust God, I must do it now. It's not a one day in the sweet by and by. Now is the time to trust God. So if you need the forgiveness, or you need to know that you're forgiven, if you're by yourself, you can speak these words out loud. If you're with a group, then speak these words in you and just simply say father i'm sorry forgive me for my sin because i do want to be right with you i do want my life right with you i ask lord jesus that your blood would cover and wash me clean that your blood would wash away all my failures all of my sins all my wrongs, all my rebellions, and that you would cleanse me in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me give you one more thing to do to fight fear. When you go to the supermarket or when you order from the supermarket or you go by Walmarts and have them put it in your car or or by Brookshires, however you do it, or whether you order it from Amazon, I want to encourage you to buy you a small bottle of grape juice and just some oyster crackers for your home. And then every day make it a wonderful, joyful, spiritual regiment to every day to take communion. Because the blood of Jesus is the only thing that we have that's powerful enough to stand against this virus. And you can join with all the other part of your church and all, the, and all those around our nation by simply taking communion and just saying words similar to this. "Say I, I apply the blood of Jesus over my life and over my family as I take communion, as I remember the body of Christ that was broken, as I remember the blood that was shed, I apply that blood over my family and over my life, over my children. I apply that over my spiritual family, over my church, that they won't be fighting along. I'm going to use this grape juice. I'm going to use this oyster cracker. I'm going to use this to connect with the power of the cross. I'm going to apply that blood against this evil that's tried to take us out. And I apply that blood over our state and over our nation. I use this blood of Jesus against everything that this virus is trying to do. And I speak to that virus that because Jesus is life, I speak death to that virus. That it cannot kill a person, that it cannot destroy. But that blood of Jesus brings life to us and overpowers all of the power of the enemy. In Jesus' name. So you use that this week. Use it every day. Not only this week. Let's keep it. Let's continue connecting with the power of the cross because the power of the cross has the power to do away with that is evil.